Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is brought to you by Genesis House and the Friends in Recovery community, a thriving network of individuals who are fighting back against the stigma of addiction and recovery. Join your hosts, the Podfather, Jersey Ed, Miss Meg, as they break the silence and speak up about the real issues of addiction, treatment, and recovery. Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery. Hey, welcome everybody. Friends in Recovery Podcast. I am the Podfather, Mike Miles. Hi everybody, Jersey Ed. What's up everybody? Miss Meg here. Miss Megan. Miss Megan, how are you? What's up guys? How Who's are you? Who's the guy Hello. next to you, Megan? Yeah, Chris Cudahy, <laughs> just here for the color commentary. <laughs> came for the laughs. Very colorful. He's just, he's just here with the British accent. That's, that's, right. that's, that's it. That's all we need. We, we need to add a little that. class to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. it's going to take a lot more than this accent. We got, <laughs> a, we got a Jersey, we got a Boston, yeah. we got Meg, and now we got you. Some that's orphan right. from New York and England, what can I say? That's right. Sweet Tower. How are you, sweets? I'm doing fantastic. Thank good. you for asking. You look good over there. I do. Yeah, wear my suit. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. The pocket. Colored the, pocket square. Yeah, yeah. It looks Pla- good. Plaid's looks coming good. back. It is. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> you like this? The, 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 the elbow, elbow patch, patch. <laughs> and those shiny patent leathers you got on. Nice. Right. I think we need green. to shoes. Right. Yeah. I think we need to talk about the platform green. Right. Right. I, right. Right. I am short. So is that yeah. Right. Yeah. so is that what recovery really bought you? It is. Right. This is all I got. I got a suit. <laughs> Listen, like, so things should be fine. Right? Any, anybody out there that's trying to get sober, I think you're not going to have fun when you do get sober. I'm sitting with four people, <laughs> or five of us in recovery, and we've been laughing for 20 minutes. We have. This is this is about very nothing. true. And, yeah, very true. And no substances uh, uh, at all except for some cigars a little cigar smoke <laughs> yeah, that's about exactly. it that's it so. we're all choking so almost. megan how are you i'm good how yeah, are I, you good i missed you i haven't seen you i know i haven't weeks. i haven't seen you in a minute i, I, I uh, seen her the other day on her her podcast i did she, she does a podcast also the we, addictionary yeah we had we had dad back up and running <laughs> oh, good. And that. we gotta get dad on here now yeah. as soon as he's uh rested and you know with this back surgery yeah, he's doing he's, all right though that was a good show by the way you like that last show yeah that was the um what show was that but the, the breathing, one, breathing, yes. The breathing workshop. My wife was rolling. Did she, I think she texted you? <laughs> she texted right? me when she saw it. I know. That's <laughs> she the, was uh, rolling. The hol- hol- holotropic <laughs> breath work. Yes. Yes. Exactly. She made you say that. I seen. That. I was like, oh my god, sweets <laughs> must fucking love this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was wild. That was yeah, wild. Yeah. I talked all about it. It was good stuff, though. I mean, what did yeah. you think? Did you think it was weird? What I was saying. Obviously, it was weird. Um, what I was saying, but no, it was. Uh, it, well, it, it was. Um, it, it seemed fabricated at first, but I was like, no, but that's really what she went through because I could see that. Ha- no, seriously. I mean, yeah. the way you said it, I was like, there's no fucking, way. Are you kidding me? It's bullshit. I'm like, she just said it because everybody else in the room was saying it, but I know you and I don't think you would do that. Nope. So <laughs> definitely didn't make that up. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I was at Tony Robbins and, and probably if I didn't go to Tony Robbins um, a couple weeks ago. I would have said you definitely made it up. But I am telling you that the only way to explain Tony Robbins, and if nobody's been there, if you've been there, send me an email or whatever. If if if, you, if I had the money to send each one of you guys, I would. That's yeah. how, how uh, He scares impact. me. I, I wouldn't. No, 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 no. This was, how did I put it? It's it's a, um, uh, 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 God, what the hell did I say to the, to my, my perk, the guy I was with? It's, a, it's, an, it's an orgy of happiness, an orgy of, yeah. it was just, Amazing, twenty three hundred people on the same fucking level yeah. of of just just saying that they 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 can do whatever is put up in front of us. Um, uh, real quick, I want to just tell you, I we were we were there five days. Day one, 
um, we went to almost one o'clock in the morning, and he was on fourteen hours day one. I thought he was gonna come in and just sit, talk an hour and then go. This guy was on for almost fourteen fucking hours talking. Made sense to me. How many people? Twenty three hundred. Twenty three hundred wow. people. Speaking of money, he's raking. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I thought he was doing. I thought he was gonna go to the back room and collect his dough. Man, he was. He was. He put in. He. It was amazing. But Good. the second day we were there, we had to start a company. We had to open up a company and start a company and raise money. I was like, there's no fucking way we could do this. It's just not going to happen. We did it. We raised five, $600. We were a 413C. We have all kinds of three different charities, blah, blah, blah. We, we, we put it all together. There's a website out there. And we raised 500 but the people who won because of the contest at the end of five days, they raised $40,000 nice. sitting from a chair in West Palm Beach while you were listening to Tony Robbins for 13 hours a day. So wow. you put what it is, guys, out there in recovery land, um, whatever it is, you put your mind to it, you can do it. There's no more I can't in my uh, in my mm-hmm. my my vocabulary anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, impossible. Mm-hmm. It's impossible now. Um, and and the weird thing is, and I've been getting emo- really emotional too, Megan. I, I, I you probably felt the same thing with your breathing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the last two weeks, I'd just been fuck. I had a a, a meeting, a marketing meeting, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and a marketing meeting. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> and I was crying on the marketing meeting. That's how powerful it was. Wake up, Podfather. <laughs> we listen to your. You're story. getting emotional at it. Give I, you know, a period. I know. I <laughs> know. I think I did too. So, anyways. You bring the show up there, Podfather. <laughs> I will. I'll all bring right, it up. All right. So anyway, I want to hear from Miss Megan because she's always got some lively um, entertainment. You didn't like my entertainment? <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, we take her on as a new co-host and I'm like nobody now. And stop right. living way down. Down. Yeah. 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 You were never anybody. Again. I know. And Megan, after you, we want to hear from Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris is here. And go sweet. <laughs> and Ed, sweets. Ed, go check on the cars. Right? <laughs> Oh my God! Miss Megan, how you been? I, I'm fantastic. I'm in the middle of um, interviews for Practicum, which is another training that I'm going to go through next year. So that's where I just came from today. So stressful. Very stressful. They put me on the spot. They asked me to do a role play. Was not prepared at all. So hopefully wow. I passed. I don't know. No, I'm sure you did well. I think Absolutely. I did all right. I don't know. It's how exciting. The, how about the guy sitting next to you, the British guy there? Yeah, what's up? Dang, what's up? man. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. You got a lot, dude. I don't know. Believe me. Listening about Tony Robbins, you know, <laughs> interests me because. Tony was a, a big part of my recovery. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think the shame is with him that he was elevated to cult status. Yes. And that's the risk we take in yeah. recovery is that yeah. that we get this whole thing of, you know, all of a sudden we become a cult. Yeah. And, right. you know, Podfather, you said it. Hey, oh, I know he's how he rolling feels, in the money. Me. Yeah, you know, he's rolling in the money <laughs> yeah. and everything else. And, yeah, he is. He's raking in the dough. But he's also responsible for a tremendous amount mm-hmm. of recovery. Of success, no yeah. doubt about and it. And he's, he's just giving you basic no stuff. Yeah. Sure. Oh, you yeah. Know, if somebody don't drink and go to meetings yeah <laughs> you know yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's almost that don't put your hand on the heat it's mm-hmm. gonna burn right. you know but right. we have to be told that as, as addicts and alcoholics Absolutely. and everything else yeah. we have to keep being told that well yeah. you know it's yeah. funny you say that because as an addict I, I never said no I, I would never I wouldn't even be thinking of getting high and someone would have something and say yep. hey do you want you want to smoke you want to yep. snort and I'd be like yeah I was completely doing something that had nothing to do with drugs or alcohol, but if someone offered it to me, I'd say yes. And when I finally said no, I didn't realize I was saying no, but 16, 18 months into recovery, I realized, why didn't I ever say no? Right. Yeah. Uh, it's such a basic concept. Yeah. Hey, I got clean the first time I got clean. It's three o'clock in the morning, I tap on my window, and I look out the window, and it's a friend of mine, and he goes, hey, can you go get some blow for me? 
I'm like, because what are you doing? I got up, I got dressed, and I want to oh, go to no. for it. <laughs> People pleasing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And she goes, this shit's got to stop. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, my God. How about you, Sweets? What have you been up to? What's hey, uh, he has Sweets. Uh, you know, I've just been sitting in the background and uh, trying to make you guys sound good and look good. And, <laughs> and you do that. You know, like this. Work, work telling me to move hard. away. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, so a tall hard. order. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tall order. I don't mind wearing the, the hat sweets, but uh, if you tell me to put a mask on again, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, that was off camera. Don't You're not Tony it. Robbins, right? <laughs> that was off camera. Well, do you have uh, you have something to read for us? Or uh, I do. I do. Something about today's topic. Yeah. What is the, top, what is the topic Ooh, today? Megan, this is your topic. Well, I, I think when we incorporate Buddhist philosophies in to our recovery program, whether it is that we're following something as structured as refuge recovery and the Dharma punks, which we're going to talk about in a sec. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I think you can sort of use these principles in any sort of movement that you're trying to create in your own life, let's call it, where your goal is self improvement. And I think when we can incorporate some of these other philosophies, and some people think of this as sort of a religious take, I consider myself to be more spiritual than anything and sort of figure out a way to not necessarily buy into an institution of religion, but incorporate these philosophies. I think, I don't know, I think it's very, it's been instrumental in my life, and I've seen it be instrumental in other people's lives, well, too. So. We appreciate you sharing with us, and it's uh, something I'm looking forward to hearing. Yeah, yeah. for well, sure. Why don't, why don't I read a little bit about what it is? Go you, for it. You All do right. that. Can we take a bathroom break? I mean, <laughs> what no. are you reading? No. <laughs> no. Just sit there quietly. <laughs> Free. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, my yes, chair will be gone. Go, my go microphone ahead, will be gone. Give him a napkin. Yeah. This is a fucked up show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so says you. <laughs> you want to go in the bathroom. <laughs> All right, let's, ahead, let's give our listeners a little knowledge here. All right. So Refuge Recovery is a recovery society grounded in the belief that Buddhist principles and practices create a strong foundation for a path to freedom from addiction. I'm reading this right off their website, by the way. Okay. Uh, the Refuge Recovery Program is an approach to recovery that understands all individuals have the power and potential to free themselves from the suffering that is caused by addiction. We feel confident in the power of the Dharma, if applied, to relieve suffering of all kinds, including the suffering of addiction. This is a process that cultivates a path of awakening, the path of recovering from the addictions and delusions that have created so much suffering in our lives and in this world. Refuge Recovery believes that training our hearts and minds to see clearly and respond to our lives with understanding and non-harming can free us from the addiction. In the beginning, some of these practices may seem confusing or counter-instinctual, and indeed some of them are, but we believe they provide a clear path to freedom. Whether this path is familiar to you or new to you, we all benefit from the support of a community of peers who share this journey. For that reason, Refuge Recovery seeks to support those on this path by building an extensive and comprehensive network of Refuge Recovery meetings and communities that practice, educate, and provide Buddhist-inspiring guidance for anyone seeking recovery from addiction. So now you know all about nice. it. Well read. Wow. Well read. Well good. done. Now, when you said, did you say Dharma bums? Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. Dharma punks. Oh, P-U-N-X. Okay. Explain that. I don't understand that. What is that? So I don't, I mean, Sweets, Sweets do you somebody? know the exact definition of a Dharma? I know there are things like Dharma sits where you can go to a meditation temple, right. I guess, and you can listen to sort of the leaders or the facilitators um, actually talk about you know, they bring up a topic and then there's sort of an open discussion there's a teaching component of it and then there's a meditation component of it and there's a conversational component of it that's what I know when it comes to like the idea of Dharma so Dharma a noun okay. <laughs> <laughs> an Indian religion the external and inherent nature of reality regarding regarded in Hinduism as cosmic law underlying right behavior and social order mm. in Buddhism the nature of reality regarded as a universal truth taught by the Buddha, the teaching of Buddhism. So it's, uh, I know in, in uh, 
refuge recovery, they use the eight simple truths of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, I think Dharma is a, a, a way of looking at life, a, a way of looking at the world, um, and really just the inherent truth and, and knowledge of doing good. Mm -hmm. You know, right. the next mm -hmm. right thing. I mean, in, in AA, it's the next right thing. And, and, you know, we, I think all of us, when we're trying to become better people, it's about, um, you know, recognizing your connection with, uh, uh, you know, whatever your spiritual uh, uh, higher power might be or whatever your spiritual truth may be and just being the best version of you you can be, mm -hmm. just doing the next right mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And So this is more based on spiritual spiritual than a religion? Is that, I mean, it's still a religion though, right? Well, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, call, refuge <laughs> recovery, I wouldn't say it's a religion. Buddhism, yeah. Buddhism, yeah. But I think even just the idea of Buddhism of itself sort of falls, for me, more in the realm of like spirituality than it does yes. this sort of institutional religion. Um, but I think, you know, anytime we can add these principles, and I know a lot of people that are part of the abstinence-based programs that uh, add refuge recovery meetings, for example, as part of their plan to increase mm -hmm. their capacity for spirituality, and it's sort of a good way to just begin to learn how to meditate and give yourself the space to actually be still and practice that. And, and I think, Sweets, you, you said before we were, went on air is that, uh, that it's more like an accessory to recovery. Well, for some people, it can be their primary recovery method. You know, I think there are a lot of people that choose it uh, simply because it does give them um, access to a better version of themselves. Mm -hmm. It does lay a better foundation for them to, uh, to, to, to build their recovery. But, you know I, know, I know a lot of people who have chosen another personal recovery path, whether it's therapeutic or the step work. And then they add this in as a, a, a way to center themselves or meditate or deal with what the rest of the world has to offer to them as they're getting sober or staying sober. The reason I asked, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, the reason I asked whether you said punks or bums, Jack Kerouac, the great beat poet from the 60s, mm -hmm. um, who was a Lowell, Lowellite, born in Lowell, Massachusetts, died in Lowell, Massachusetts, he had a book called The Dharma Bums, and um, <coughs> I just pulled it up on my website here, and basically it's about his, his trip, it's almost like on the road, uh, he talks about being out in Big Sur and meeting with all these people, and there's a lot of spiritual stuff that happened, but it was just very interesting. But it never dawned on me that that was a religion. I, I didn't know where the word came from, so mm. it's kind of interesting. Well, you know, um, I'm again, this Tony Robbins thing put me into this whole spiritual thing. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, the last two weeks have really changed my life. I mean, I'm looking at everything so much differently. I added um, meditation in. I meditate every single day. Um, I'm reading something every single day. I never read a book. Well, I shouldn't say that. Or early in my recovery, I did. But so you read my book? I, I did. <laughs> did. Skim through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me the book report. Well, it's a book sure, about uh, reading. Is what, yeah. what, what book is that, sweet? Yeah. Is that a good plug for yeah. right now? <laughs> but um, but I've been reading. I read two books already in two weeks, and yeah. that's like you know that's really good for me. Besides sweet's books, that's three in like the last year. So <laughs> I think the other thing too, Ed, to speak to your point of like how you were moved um, by this experience mm -hmm. and having it be a room of people that all sort of were like minded and moving towards the same goals and could conceptualize forward movement, not coming from a place of no, but a place of yes. When you're in a room with everyone working towards that, and that's what I've experienced in some of these res refuge recovery meetings, is that everyone is sort of there for the same goal. Everyone's there with the same intention, and everyone's willing to sort of put the work in in order to make that happen. And when you feel that, honestly, at an energetic level as part of the collective, it's incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think when we can convene groups of people, whether or not someone's making a financial profit off of it or not, what does it do for us, and how do we benefit from it? And that's the benefits that I've received from incorporating Buddhism philosophies and then finding groups that actually practice that in my recovery. Yeah. 
Well, listen, we, we, we're all seeking knowledge. What do you go to college for? You pay. My daughter's going to college. You're paying $30,000 a year for her to get an education. Oh, yeah. So Ooh, That's cheap. You, well, yeah. you want to swap places? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> well, that's just the beginning. But, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to go to a breath seminar or a Tony Rock or whatever it is, um, you know, it's, 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 it's worth the money. I am telling you, I got a million dollars worth of information in the first day. Really did. And it sounds like you got a million dollars oh. in that in that 12 hours that you were there. I'm forever changed as a result of that experience, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's for the better, for yeah, real. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I'm, I'm reading this book called um, As a As a Man Thinketh. It's uh, James it's Allen. It's a really small book. It's a very it's small book. That's why you should read it. It's a big word. I don't want our listeners to be confused about what you're saying. So please, please, please. <laughs> it's a tiny book. It's, even, it's a good, quick read. So I read 30 pages in like two days, and that's good for me. So. <laughs> but I'm, I'm analyzing the book. But there's a, something in here that kind of – sticks with me and I think goes with this good things and good thoughts and actions can never produce bad results bad thoughts and actions can never produce good results mm. and that's something I think that's along the lines of kind of the meditation the believing in yourself the um, the the kind of like you were saying sweets the living the life that you want to live and not mm. not be becoming a I don't want to say a bad person but you know, you put those bad thoughts in, you don't get good thoughts out. You know what I mean? And, and it's just been, uh, it's just been, the last two weeks have been incredible. So um, I thought this was a good topic about the, the, the Buddhist and um, your, what is it called? Refuge Recovery. Yeah. Refuge Recovery, yes. your, your recovery program. My, yeah, my, the, the one I started, <laughs> the one obviously. Yeah, it's pointing right at me. Well, you read it all. You yeah, know about uh, it, don't you? I read it off the website. <laughs> yeah. Any one of our listeners could get exactly what I just got. Two clicks away, guys. Two clicks away. No, I, 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 I have no real knowledge of this. I think the thing is that what I find is the biggest block is, is the religious aspect so mm -hmm. often coming mm -hmm. into a program. And being able to separate that and say, look, this is about spirituality, mm -hmm. which people can understand so on a... On a, on a yeah. better level mm -hmm. so we're not blocking them out we're not restricting them yeah absolutely yeah yeah right. well we're gonna get get pop father nope time for a break <laughs> friends recovery podcast we'll be right back all right since 1992 genesis house has been helping real people heal from addiction on their private recovery campus in beautiful palm beach county florida their family-owned program is accredited by the joint commission and offers detox and dual diagnosis treatment in a comfortable and confidential setting at Genesis House, they focus on treating the underlying causes of addiction. Their comprehensive approach includes psychiatric care, individual and small group therapy, trauma healing techniques, and holistic care including yoga, massage, and animal-assisted therapy. After treatment, their clients enjoy the lifelong support of a nationwide network of Genesis House alumni. Call Genesis House today at 1-800-737-0933 to speak with someone who understands. Visit them on the web at www.genesishouse.net. It's time to start your journey to a long and successful recovery. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Friends in Recovery Podcast. How's everybody doing? Good. Fantastic. Good. Still good, alive? Good, still good. awake? Nice. Good. We're all alive. Let me let me get into some business here. You got real some quick, business guys. over there. I right? do, Mike. I do. I do. So we uh, we like to um, uh, thank first of all Genesis House for the uh, Friends of Recovery podcast. Without them, we couldn't do it. Um, and uh, you know, please uh, make sure you subscribe to to um, the Friends in Recovery podcast. It's powered by your likes, follows, subscribes, and shares. 
Um, do us a favor and leave five stars, sweets. Five, all of them. Right, all, there all you stars. go. And we they're right all, above all my head, right stars. here. Same they one, will two, be. Three, five. Yep. Okay, yep. five right there. <laughs> all right. And uh, Friends in Recovery Community of Support events across the country, sponsored by Genesis House. Basically, it's our alumni meeting that we, we open up to everybody. There's one in Palm Springs, Florida, uh, Marl- Marlinton, New Jersey, Newtown, Connecticut, and Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. All these meetings are going on, and they're thriving, and we thank everybody who listen to the show and shows up at all these meetings. And if you want to have a meeting in your area, we don't care if it's Texas, Hawaii, wherever it is, call us. We'll give you um, kind of a template, get it together for you, and uh, get a Friends and Recovery meeting going. Um, real quick, podcast pick of the week is um, uh, Soberful, the podcast. Host is Veronica Valley um, and Chip Summers, both in recovery together, um, almost 50 years. Uh, lots of stories. Um messages and experiences and occasionally some helpful advice (laughs) in their words the podcast is for anyone that wants to live a sober life um or or just getting sober or is in long-term sobriety um i've i only listened to a few of them it's a pretty good podcast um, I believe they're from Britain or something. So you would like this podcast. Uh, there, maybe uh, not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I just figured if you talk that way, you would like it, right? You like Benny Hill, don't you? <laughs> so there you go. You like this one. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a really good podcast. Check it out. Yeah, so they, they speak his language. They do. Yeah, they speak yeah. English, right? A, a mate. A mate. The is king's English. Not, not, the, not the version that we have destroyed. But <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Parts of England, they've destroyed it. Today. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. So it's Courtney, it's, right? I mean, is it Courtney? What is it? Courtney. Yeah, Courtney. Cockney. Megan. Megan sitting next to you, Pop. I've only been there once. <laughs> she was nice. Courtney was nice. Courtney was nice. Cockney, different deal. Wake up, Mike. It's not 1922 yet. Okay. <laughs> so where were we, guys? <laughs> we were talking refuge about recovery. spirituality and refuge, refuge recovery. recovery. So, Megan, lead us in again and uh, with your spiritual advice and get us going. Well, I think, and this is sort of like being, um, this is being coupled <laughs> with this. And I've talked about this on the show, too, this youngie class that I'm taking so this Carl Jung theory of psychology I think what it comes down to is like you know when we in sweets you said this at the interventionist training and it stuck with me because then I heard it again in this class and I'm like all right this is synchronicity like I'm supposed to hear this if we use a logical approach to get somebody who's operating at an illogical level then we're using the wrong intervention Mm. And so we have to sort of meet people where they're at and accept the fact that their healing might be in a realm that we actually can't logically make sense of. And so when we get people to accept the idea of surrendering or using acceptance in the model of in order to move forward in their recovery, I think we're asking them to tap into this mindfulness space that they may not, you know, be familiar with in sitting with themselves and you know, asking their mind to be quiet and having stillness is the exact opposite of where their life has brought them to this point. So, so you know, I think it's unfamiliar for a lot of people. I think it's scary. <clears throat> I think a lot of people that I work with, it takes a lot of time and practice mm-hmm. to actually feel something in the meditation. But I keep it consistent with how I see people work towards the goals and recovery overall of like, let's just keep trying it until we actually get something from this because we're not all lying about the fact yeah. that it actually works. Yeah. You know, it's so true. When, when I have clients come see me, no matter where they're at, most of them are really in a bad way. They're either going to court, they're coming from court, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're going to have to be in court for the third time, they, they've lost their license, they have no money. It, you know, it's, it's never someone comes in and says, hey, how you doing? Let me pay you up front. Everything's good. Uh, you want to go to lunch? You know, it's always uh, there's always a crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I put out fires every day, mm-hmm. and I try not to bring that into my own life, which is hard sometimes because in the middle of a normal, 
you know, day, I, I'll get a call or a text and, and something bad's going on. Someone's been locked up, they're in jail, or their probation has been violated, you know, and it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, and listen to what you just said, Megan, it, may, it makes a lot of sense because sometimes I have to get on their level. And, and mm -hmm. even as a therapist doing this 20 years, I forget that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And they were a pain in the ass to me, and I, I have to forget. They're not here because they need to, <laughs> they need to look at my 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 you know, my angry face or my disappointed face, they're here to, to tell me their problems and I'm here to listen and I gotta do that in a better way. Yeah, yeah, and, so. and that, and we have, yeah, you're right, you're definitely right. In the suites, is that something that you're teaching, I guess, right, in, in your in your uh, trainings? Is that what, Megan, that's what you said, right? Well, yeah, you had said one point of like, <coughs> we can't use logic to get somebody <coughs> to buy into what we're saying, yeah. you know? Say, well, if you, if, you, <coughs> if you look at what's wrong with somebody that's struggling with addiction, one of the things is that there's a cognitive disability. You know what I mean? You're, there are parts of the brain that are just not functioning. Mm -hmm. So if you're approaching somebody that is uh, uh, cognitively disabled and you're bringing you know, reason to the table, you're not going to reason with someone that's unreasonable. If mm -hmm. a symptom of that illness is that somebody is in survival mode, they're running on how to survive the moment, yeah. how to survive the feeling, and you're like, okay, well, we're going to sit quietly for a minute. That's actually really, really bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's not possible mm -hmm. for them to sit quietly without all the things they've been trying to hide from coming to the surface and making them want to get high again. Like you're, you have to understand the illness if you're going to approach it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at it like, <clears throat> you know, if someone doesn't have the use of their legs and, and, you know, you're like walking in front of them, you're like, well, this is how you're supposed to walk. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things that need to happen before that person's going to yeah, get up and yeah, walk. Right, they yeah. need physical therapy and they yeah. need time to heal. Yeah. They need to understand, you know, their, their muscle limitations because mm -hmm. they haven't yeah. walked in so long. Yeah. So there's so much there first. Well, let's 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 all think back. All of us have some time here in this room, probably over a hundred years in this room um, of recovery. Let's think back early recovery. Can was anybody able to sit in a meeting or sit no. in a therapist's office for for 15, 20 minutes and without either getting up, going to the bathroom, getting another cup of coffee, thinking, all right, this is a, it's an hour, but it seems right. like ten hours. Mm -hmm. um, it was tough to sit in a meeting, and then now you're asking somebody to meditate. Um, I just started meditating. It's just this is twenty some years into it, and I just learned how to sure. meditate, and it's amazing. It's an amazing tool. It's a, it's an amazing thing to calm yourself down, to put yourself um, out of whatever you're into. But I couldn't have imagined the first even five, maybe even ten years of recovery doing sure. that. I couldn't sit still, you know. So yeah, sweet, that's absolutely right. You gotta figure out what's their level and 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 kind of deal well, you just with can't that you way. just can't use logic you can't <clears> sit down <throat> with someone and say you know these are the pros and cons of your drug use you know or your drinking this is why you should stop because it's negatively affecting your body mm -hmm. like your 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 brain doesn't have the ability to learn through consequence of action or mm -hmm. rational discussion because if that was the case the first time you got sick or the first time you had a medical condition you just stop and be like whoo not gonna do that anymore yeah, yeah. but that's not how addicts roll like mm -hmm. that's not how i roll you know what i mean mm -hmm. i face tons of consequences I'm like eh, won't happen again yeah, no right. won't happen again definitely won't happen again clearly that's not gonna happen again <laughs> and like sitting that, in jail cells yeah, that's not gonna happen yeah. again <laughs> this is the last time i swear <laughs> and so you know that the brain doesn't you know it doesn't respond to reason the same way you might with someone else so mm -hmm. instead of sitting down with someone like you would you know, you guys are in recovery. I think we're all fairly well, aside from the fact that we're still kind of sick, but fairly well <laughs> and reasonable, meaning that if you were doing something, I could sit down and probably talk you through yeah. it. You know, therapeutically, talk, talk therapy might be a very useful tool yeah. at this point because your those parts of your brain are open to suggestion, exactly. to reasonable discussion. You can weigh out pros and cons. You can, you know, assess your life and what you want it to be like mm -hmm. versus what someone's helping you understand it really is. Like, that's all great. Mm -hmm. 
but not when you're sick and confused. Yeah, yeah. It's just so, not applicable. So when do we apply this rational recovery? I guess it's it's individually, right? I mean, Megan, what would you well, suggest? Well, I think sweet? from a psychological perspective, and I'll just throw some neurobiology in here. Yeah. When someone's amygdala is activated because they're in fight or flight, mm-hmm. we can't just expect people to then think rationally in those moments. And so I think we have to create a container for the chaos, mm-hmm. and we have to allow them the safety to give up the control, which is their drug use, that they're mm-hmm. controlling that and inadvertently controlling every one around them and they're actually controlling the chaos right oh yeah so if we can get them to buy into the fact that they can actually let the controls go and they can accept this other way and try it let's just try it it allows the intensity of that fight or flight to to settle and that's why the meditation ends up being so helpful because then we pull in the right. compassion mm-hmm. and then we're working out of the heart center which then adjusts the whole vibrational frequency of the whole body and i know if, that sounds crazy if i can get a client to to just sit and breathe with me in a, in a dim, dimly lit room for 30 seconds Without I the get police them. being there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> I, Sirens again. Sorry. I get them to Trip be. I, I get to. I get them to be right where they should be, and also I'm getting myself to be right there mm-hmm. too. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's a tool that works. 14 months sober, major panic attack. I'm in the shower. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I think I'm dying. Mm-hmm. I, I literally get out of the shower, put on a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, went right to the hospital because I thought I was literally having a heart attack. I'm 33 years old. I'm dying, and sober 14 months. Vitals were fine. I went to another hospital. I didn't believe them. I left there and went to the other hospital. And I did this so many times that it's, it scares me when I look back on it. But my brain was healing. I had no idea. I ended up in Children's Hospital having all these electrodes put on my head so they could figure out what was wrong with me. And basically, it was just my brain healing. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad I had all those panic and anxiety attacks because now when I have people that have panic and anxiety, I can explain to them. In no way does it make them stop having that, but at least they have some knowledge that maybe this will go away. He's mm-hmm. telling me it will, maybe it will. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's where the uh, the meditation comes in. Um, the meditation is com- almost, I'll be honest with you, almost completely wiped out my anxiety um, in the last two weeks. Yep. Um, on the way here, um, I knew Chris was going to be here at a certain time. I knew Mike, w- we, we had a meeting, and I knew how to be. And then uh, the GPS takes me off some uh, side road. I'm like, motherfucker, man. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, <laughs> Mike needed some time, or Sweets needed some time, and to do some things. And Chris was going to be a little late. And just relax. So I turned on. Fuck the pot, father. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, fuck the pot, father. Uh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> that was his text to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what he texted me. Anyway. I know. But I turned, to me. I turned on the Calm app. And again, they're not a sponsor of ours, but they want to be. They can email us at help at friends and help at friends and recovery podcast.com com if you want it'll be up on the screen yes there you go he can get us that way but i turned on the com app put some very relaxing music on next thing i know i'm in i'm parking in your driveway it was Mm -hmm. like holy shit man i just needed to relax but i just had to work my way through that now early recovery could i do that i don't know but i guess that's part of this um rational recovery like that kind of kicked in that's part of it i well, guess isn't 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 addiction all about self-soothing through challenges you know i mean that that's really what we're doing and then you take away the substances you take away the solution to what we're feeling and then all of a sudden you start feeling feelings for the mm. first time oh yeah and man let me tell you that's some <laughs> tough stuff so like if you're out there and you're early in recovery and you're feeling feelings for the first time and they feel terrible and they feel awful and they feel like you know 16-year-old kid just got broken up with, no one understands my pain. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is the worst thing ever. It'll never get better. And, you know, I mean, that's just because you're new to it. You know, mm-hmm. think back to when you were a little kid and you felt something for the first time and it was new and it was terrifying and you didn't know how to deal with it. That's what being early in recovery mm-hmm. feels Absolutely. like. You're yeah. just, you're now feeling them for the first time without a solution. Absolutely. And just like a kid that has to develop life skills to deal with it, to grow up and face what the world has to offer, so do you early mm-hmm. on in recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, having accessories like 
the steps and you know refuge recovery and smart recovery and any therapeutic additions you can add like Sponsors, meditation working the steps yeah, yeah. exactly all yeah. that stuff i mean those accessories right there are the tools that you use to build those mm-hmm. life skills yeah. so that you can create a new shell yeah right you guys mm-hmm. have heard me talk about how the lobster grows mm-hmm. right on the show i'm sure you all have. i know you do i've seen <laughs> it <Yeah. laughs> and you know you need a new shell you need an appropriate shell and, for and what show is that the shell what show lobster. is that I don't know one of the, one of the best ones. The no, shell yeah, show. One of, your, one of the better shows. It was no, the shell show. I'm giving you shocked. <laughs> Pedal your show. Collateral show? damage. I didn't do it on collateral. Damage. Oh, you did it here. No, I did it on one of your shows, and then I told I talked to her at the training. But yeah. I, was, I was just saying for the. All right, give me a minute. So for those of you that don't know, all right, there's there's a video I'm to help you, on sweet. YouTube. All right, and if you Google rabbi and lobster, it's the only video that will come up. I promise. Okay. All right. Good. And good. So Safe uh, bet. yeah, Rabbi Twersky. And uh, he tells a story about how lobsters grow and the fact that, you know, lobsters are a hard-shelled animal with squishy, soft insides. And so, you know, in, very, in tasty. Vi- it, very tasty. <laughs> and in his video, they say, you know, they, they, they start off, they're just like an inch or two long. And he says if lobsters had doctors, they'd all stay that big because when the soft, squishy part grows up against the shell, it feels, feels stress and pressure. And instinctually, that's the catalyst for the lobster to go crawl under a rock molt cast off its shell and then create a more a larger more appropriate shell and so they go into a safe environment like we go into treatment Mm -hmm. they cast off their shell and get vulnerable like we do in treatment Mm -hmm. they create a new more appropriate shell for their size Mm. and age and then they swim around safe out in the ocean and you know the the idea is that we when we're using substances like drugs and alcohol to self-soothe and to, to deal with what life is throwing at us we're, we're still wearing that really, really small shell that we were wearing at 15, 16, mm-hmm. 17, 18 years old, so except now we have 25, 35, 45, 50-year-old mm-hmm. problems, kids, debt, life, legal issues, mm-hmm. and the shell just doesn't do the job anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things like this, finding a safe place to go, cast it off, and add these accessories and develop mm-hmm. life skills is mandatory. Love that. Yeah, that's that's so true. Jesus Absolutely. Christ. I think for me too, my I don't know about you guys, but my anxiety <clears throat> got the worst. My anxiety and depression got the worst probably uh, third year into recovery, mm-hmm. and I had to really get back to the basics and figure Did out you another go past solution. The pink cloud. Whew, <laughs> yeah. That pink cloud lasted a while, it does. and yeah. then wow, it came crashing down bad, yeah. real bad, and I had to figure out a solution. Yeah. What it's about like you, being Chris? out in the ocean, you can't see the land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, yeah. this is for real now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Chris, you're shaking your head. You're you've been through I, a lot. No, no. I, you know, I look at this, and I'm I'm kind of looking <clears> at it from a union perspective. As, a, as a, a member of a, a large labor union in New York and having to deal with mostly blue-collar guys, our stuff is crisis mode all the time. Mm. You know, and so we haven't got time. As, as a peer-to-peer counselor, and I get a call from someone's boss, and they say, hey, look, we need to get this. We're going to Section 75 them. They're going to lose their job. We're, I'm fortunate that we have a very forward-thinking union around now. But I can't get that kind of, that member into a quiet place mm-hmm. because what I'm trying to do right there and then is get them into rehab or get them into into a mm. program that will save their job. And you know, our pitch as a union is I get two two things to do: one to save your life, and the other is to save the job. And mm-hmm. so when I'm that's commingled mm-hmm. with so many people, their job and their life are one. Mm. How do I get them to that mm. place? I've got to get you know. I don't have time to put them in a room and turn on a light for 15 mm-hmm. seconds, you know, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. paraphrase. So it's tough. 
and I come away, I, I've never been more stressed in my life. And as far as you know, meditation, I started meditating about four, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that it's, it, it's been a big change. Mm-hmm. I do my workout. So you did I do four weeks else. of meditation, huh? I, I, I do, solid? Yeah, solid. He just finished this, this morning. I fell asleep. <laughs> is that like a record? <laughs> it is. I'm doing for Guinness. Listen, you yeah. know, I'll row, I'll do yeah. whatever. I'm doing four weeks yeah. of meditation. That's it's just like, like he read your book. That's right. Good book, good book, read it. I wanted to do a book report on my book. <laughs> what was it called? Running with the shark, biting a shark, something lions. Yeah. <laughs> but and yoga too is very powerful oh, yeah. too, and I think that would fall under yeah. that. I, I also vowed to do some yoga twice a week. Don't do it. Um, oh, I love it. I am hooked to it. My daughter got me hooked to it in the last two, three weeks, and I love it. It just fits everything. Everything we're talking about here. It just fits right in. It's so peaceful. It's it's great just to kind of um, just just to meditate and, and kind of try something new even, yeah. you Let's know? all take a second and meditate and picture Ed yoga. Without a shirt. Just take a minute. Terrified <laughs> by that right now. Hey, everybody. Great, great show. <laughs> yeah, it was a good show, guys. Friends in Recovery Excellent. Podcast. Yeah, nice work, guys. See you Love soon. It. Stay sober, everybody. That concludes this episode of Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. Thanks to Genesis House for supporting those on the path to recovery and for keeping this valuable resource free for our friends and recovery community. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the show, email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com. If you can't get enough of Mike the Podfather and Jersey Ed, you can catch them on Answering the Call, the First Responder Podcast, available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube.